Ooh, this is AOK Radio, your go-to place for a little escape. Inner child, current child, adults, come on down for an easy listen. This is I Escape signing off. Whoever and wherever you are, welcome. The escape begins right now. What's up? This is AOK Radio signing on. And with uh, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, um, I meant to talk about this actually when it first came out. Or is it Unchained Key at this point? I always forget. I, I've always kept up to date with the story, but I never played the game as much. Um, it just wasn't for me. But I, 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 can't, I can't express how much I love that character customization though. Oh, we need that in the games. We need that in the in the in the in the um console games, man. I just need some character customization to some regard. I don't even care if it's just keyblade customization. I need it, man. Being able to customize a keyblade or just add some accessories like they did in zero point two. <sighs> Come on, man. Come on, Tetsuya. Where's it at? I need this, please. <laughs> so. Yeah, spoiler alert, but yeah, Union Cross ended, and a lot of the story is definitely answered questions, but of course, in the Tetsuya Nomura fashion, also left us with a lot more questions, even though it did answer plenty, but yeah, and it sets up a lot, uh, potentially, for four, um, and then of course, with Dark Road, I'm not sure how far away from the ending Dark Road is, but yeah, there's that, and... Fortunately, even though Kingdom Hearts 3 came out a few years ago now, it's crazy to say that. Just thinking about the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 finally came out, and it's already been years since then. <laughs> oh, man. And with that ending, everyone, it just the bombshell that, oh, Sora sacrificed himself to save Kyrie, and now we have to go after and save him. Everyone else is saved, but now we all got to band together and save Sora. Wow. What a twist. <laughs> It's it, I, I do I I never fully expressed how cool that actually was how Sora from the beginning has always been saving people and now finally when he needs help everyone who he's helped has well as far as the Guardians of Light go and you know like the the sub Guardians are coming to help him out too and I thought it just dawned on me like whoa that's actually really cool <laughs> that's that's quite a nice twist of, in story there so. We have the story developments, the awesome things that were developed in, in those games to what happened with Remind and then with Melody of Memory continuing that ending, showing where 4 is most likely going to start off in this other realm called, uh, what was it called, Quad Quadratum? Something like that. We're going to go into this article too that talks about um, Kingdom Hearts 4 and everything we know about the future of the franchise. This is also a game rant um, article. This was written on. This was written in June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. So fairly recent, and um, it was also written by Liam Ferguson. So do be sure to check out that article if you want to read it word for word, um, and just check it out further because there's other sub articles that are mentioned in it too. So if you want to check those out, I'd always encourage it because there's just a rich plethora of articles to that just connect to one another here and there. So. As we know, Sora is definitely in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, and we have some new characters coming in from 
um, Varum Rex, who is trying to save Sora, but is, you know, taking him out at the same time. And I don't remember, but I'm... I it, There's a good ending and a bad ending with Remind, and I don't remember if Nomura actually confirmed if the... I, I think a lot of people are leaning more towards the bad ending being the true one now. But... I don't know. It's it's interesting. So I really am curious what is going to be happening here because knowing Nomura, all the questions that we have for four aren't going to be completely answered in four. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to write a good story is always have more questions so people want to come back for more. So there's that too. So going into this article, it says, with Kingdom Hearts currently gearing up for its next saga, it's time to look back at the clues indicating where the series could be headed. So we've talked about this to a degree in, in other episodes where I wanted to see, for instance, um, another kind of roundtable villains leaded by um, Judge Doom, for instance, with other characters involved um, from other um, Disney and Pixar movies. I think that'd be really, really cool. If you want to uh, check it out, it's, I think, just listed Kingdom Hearts or something, whatever, like that. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called, but it's something with Kingdom Hearts 4 in the title. I had a really fun time talking about that episode. But going into the article again, it says, After what felt like ages, Kingdom Hearts has finally completed its story arc. The Dark Seeker Saga, or the Xehanort Saga, is finally finished after 17 years. Some fans could split hairs and say that it didn't finish until Kingdom Hearts Union X, Union Cross. That's the name. Okay. Uh, World-shattering ending, which, yeah, it really was. I want to talk about it to a bigger degree, but I feel like eh, it's so much to process. All I can just say is I'm cool with it. I think I really hope that more of it's addressed in four because there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. But for what we got, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. And um, others may suggest that it won't be truly over until Dark Road is finished as well, which I agree with because Xehanort is involved in Dark Road. It's still his origin story. So, well, Union Cross technically starts the origin story. Dark Road is going to be what bridges the gap between that and BBS pretty much. So... Yeah, technically, Xehanort's saga isn't over. It's just over as in regards to the timeline. Lore-wise, he isn't done yet, but yeah. So there we go. Um, so I agree with that. So whatever one's views, the battle between Sora, Riku, their friends, and Xehanort's forces came to an end in Kingdom Hearts 3. Now, the famous Square Enix and his Disney crossover franchise can move on to bigger and better things. The only real problem with all of this is that the inevitable next installment feels like it's an eternity, eternity away, and it's not clear when the next news for it will come out. Well, technically, it's supposed to come out. Uh, we're, mm. I was about to say technically it's supposed to come out next year, year, right? What I meant to say was <laughs> technically we're supposed to be getting new news on the next installment next year because or at least something big because that's going to be the 20 the 20th anniversary 20 yeah that's be 20th anniversary because Kingdom Hearts 1 dropped in 2000 wait it should be this year then cuz it dropped in 20 2001 ah whatever he said 2022 so it's whatever 
Um, I got to look at that again, but yeah, it's it's probably it's most likely the 20th anniversary or something along those lines is happening next year. So he's like, yeah, expect big news because of course they took a little bit of a break and they're taking a break too from Unchained because there's not many people working on Dark Road. Like obviously Tetsuya foresees it, but he's not as um he's not needed as badly on it as he would have with like the main console games. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Uh, let's see, let's see. Where did we leave off here? Um, so hints have been dropped for what Kingdom Hearts 4 and the next project will be, but nothing has been released yet to really tie everything together. Once again, it's left to the fans to puzzle out what's next for Kingdom Hearts, made a bit more bearable by the series suddenly dropping on PC, which is great because now every person has access to it, which was a rare commodity back in the day because... As we all know, Kingdom Hearts was like spreading across every um, every game console, and it was like impossible to have next to impossible to have every single version of it. And back before the remasters, it was impossible to have them all ready and available on just one console. And technically, it's still not because we don't have the DS versions in the collection. We just have the cutscenes, which sucks, but whatever. I still wish we were able to get three of eight over two days uh, remastered on the on the on the PlayStation. That really bummed me out. We didn't get that. Uh, so there are plenty of scattered hints as to the series' f- future and the nature of the epino- wait, eponymous. Yeah, eponymous uh, Kingdom Hearts Four. Though pe- piercing, wait, piecing. Oh, <laughs> I can read. Though piecing them together may require discussion of spoilers for the whole series. So, um, let me see how long this article even is. Okay, it's not that long. There's like three more paragraphs. Then we can uh, talk about this. So, much of the information available in Kingdom Hearts 4 has been dawed out over the past two years. Kingdom Hearts 3 and its Remind DLC contain a lot of information on the upcoming game's setting, and to some degree, its characters, and also Melody of Memory did touch on that too. I'm not sure why he's not um, referencing that. But um, because technically Melody of Memory is the furthest point in the timeline as of yet. So uh, let's see. The foretellers are assembled once more, minus the king or minus the kind uh, Ava for now. The black box Lushu slash Zigbar holds will contain somehow something of, of importance and will perhaps be related to the Master of Masters, true goals and personal foes, the darkness. One theory of the upcoming saga's plot is that the foretellers will serve as vessels for the darkness so they can be destroyed. But who will be doing that destroying is up in the air. Oof. See, I forgot about that. Um, That was a big reveal in the ending that the darknesses need to have vessels to be destroyed. And that was why... um, That was... If I remember correctly, that was like the original goal of the Master of Masters to have the foretellers become those vessels from the beginning. So with Lushu being the um the betrayer, the the, the the wait, is that the right word? The betrayer? I think they use a different word, but it's it's the synonym. And just setting up all these events, it's like, oh man, this is dark, but I mean it's one of those for the greater good sacrifices and it's like ah this sucks and you know Sora wouldn't stand for that because it's like you're sacrificing these people these these lives 
And I get it, but there has to be another way, right? So it stands to reason that there's going to be conflict. And I'm sure Sora's not going to be the only one who's going to be like, dude, this is not right. They shouldn't be used as puppets like this or as sacrifices like this unless there's absolutely nothing left to do. So, but uh, let's see here. But yeah, that's oof. But I know that was like the first biggest theory because at the end of three, we have that chessboard where we see, um, I almost said, I want to see, I want to keep saying Xehanort, but it's Ericus, where Ericus has, he sets up the chess pieces in a different manner where it's like Sora's chess piece, the king against like the, what is it? The seven darknesses this time or something like that, where it's the foretellers and wait, was it seven? Yeah, something like that. It may have been may have been less than that. And people were thinking, okay, either way, it's mostly accepted now that most likely the foretellers are going to be the antagonists to some regard in the next installment. So as the article continues, it says Kingdom Hearts 4 is likely taking place in a new modern Japan-like world called quadratum with a partially refreshed cast in tow it is uh, some sort of unreality compared to the normal kingdom hearts worlds and is key to the master of masters plans yuzora will almost certainly oh yeah i forgot yuzora is his name and verimrax is the game he's in all right so yuzora will almost certainly take center stage though his design may undergo a change as implied by his dialogue. Sora may be out of commission for a while to help Yozora and possibly his friends in Varam Rex get settled in. And the endings to Kingdom Hearts 3, um, Remind, and Melody of Memory imply that Riku will show up as well. It's unknown when Kingdom Hearts 4 will come out, but it's not expected for several years. Um, fortunately, now that another big entry has dropped, it looks like Kingdom Hearts will return to be releasing... Uh, re-releasing, oh wait, no, that's his releasing, <laughs> releasing spinoffs. Uh, Kingdom Hearts currently has four teams affiliated with it. The Asaka team, which worked on major entries since Birth by Sleep. The Mobile team, which has shifted fully to working on the final Dark Road update now that Union X is done. And two newer teams on the franchise. One of these is presumably Indie Zero, which, is, which developed Melody of, of Memory and normally works on Square Enix's uh, Theat. The what what the rhythm final fantasy i don't know what that is um the other is unknown but it's work would uh his work could crop up very soon something big is planned for kingdom arts uh for the kingdom arts 20th anniversary in 2022 aha i was right and it sounds like another spinoff something called project oath is planned for q1 2022 according to a leak and there is also an unnamed cage project project rumored to be built on Unreal Engine 5. Whoa. Um, that one may be Kingdom Hearts 4 for all fans. No, but Project Oath could be a Kingdom Hearts 3D style game that bridges the gap between 3 and 4. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts fandom may be getting its first look at the true nature of Quadratum very soon. And it's going to be very telling for where Kingdom Hearts is headed next. Yep. All right. So that's the end of the article. And I like the way they talked about this article here. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, would I personally like for to come out um, first? Yes. But it depends on how the story is going. And personally, 
I feel that three had a major lack. It had a major issue of character development in three. And I think that was mainly due to um, the time of the game, the, 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 the timing they wanted to keep in the game and focusing on certain things here and there as opposed to other characters. And since they had so many characters in the game that weren't Disney, they had to, you know, make sacrifices. So making a spinoff, I think, would be the best call and then do four. So that way they can focus on fixing issues that I feel they had with three with character development and make it a little bit more refreshing. Because as much as I love Sora, I don't want him to be as focused on in these next few games. I want a chance to be able to have the stories of the other characters be more fully realized and developed. Um, Kyrie obviously being one of them. Um, one thing I had a major issue with is we never got to see Kyrie and Riku, Kyrie and Riku, Kyrie and Axel's training. And as we found out at the end of Melody of Memory, the moment that I like jumped or one of the many moments that made me jump out of my seat like, yes, let's go, was the fact that Kyrie is going to be training or has requested to train with Master Aqua. And come on, we got to be able to play that. We, we really need to, especially now that we finally have the chance to play as Kyrie and Remind and also a Melody of Memory. Not as well as we did in, in um, Remind because the gameplay was different, but all the same, finally, yes. And she threw hands. <laughs> she threw hands in Remind and, <laughs> and the Melody of Memory. You know, Tatiya was like, oh, oh, so you guys didn't like what happened to Kyrie? Okay, all right, let me hold my beer here for a second. Let me, let me fix that a little bit. You know, I think he's setting up Kyrie to do some really great things in this next installment. And I think whatever he's doing with four, I think with this spinoff, it should focus on some of the side characters a bit more because, if, or unless he's able to, unless he's able to fix, unless he's able to fit it in four, we need this side game to focus on these other characters. I personally want a lot of training to go on with um, Aqua and Kyrie. I want a story that deals more with Aqua's dealings with the Dark Realm and her coming to terms with the PTSD that she clearly has that we saw in Remind, but unfortunately wasn't able to deal with it because immediately after coming out of the Dark World, you know, she got like a night or so to rest. But of course, in the, in the back of her head, she's thinking, I got to save Terra. I got to save Ven and defeat Xehanort. So she didn't really have time to rest. And that's something I, and even still, she doesn't have time because she is going to be training Kyrie and they have to save Sora and prepare for whatever new threat is coming um, regarding the darknesses and the foretellers and whatnot and the Master of Masters. So I really hope that this spinoff gives us the chance to really dive, dive deeper into these characters regarding Kyrie and Aqua, regarding um, Ventus and, and Lorium. I feel that now that Lorium remembers who he is he's going to go out and most likely seek out ven the only other person or oh not not not, not just him actually lorium and um alrena isn't that larxene's uh, original name so gonna seek out them i believe especially alrena and ventus because 
you know, obviously he's not, he's like, oh, I'm in the future now. There's no one else here. So I think he'll want to come to them and especially Ventus and just come to a closure with him because he, you know, he knew that it wasn't Ventus who killed his sister. It was the darkness who possessed him. But I, I would imagine that he would want to seek out Ventus and just just talk to him just touch bases with him and just see how he's doing and same with Elrena and I, I would love to see how Elrena is because I'd imagine she's gonna be just like Larxene. Um, she might be a little nicer but I, I would imagine that she's probably gonna be just pretty much like Larxene maybe not as bad anymore but I don't really expect too much to change who knows maybe um, maybe Lorian will be able to change her a little bit or make her realize dude you don't need to be like that anymore we're not in the organization you know that sort of thing um so those are two major storylines i really want to see happen i know people were talking about birth by or bbs 2 i don't know what you could really do with that besides that i think that's the only thing you could do i think that's the only bbs 2 we could get because what else could they cons- what else could they discover in the dark realm. I know they were mainly going in the dark realm to search for Sora. And I remember before in Kingdom Hearts rewritten, I or my rewritten episode. Or maybe it was I don't know, there was another maybe there was an episode I talked about that was uh different outside of that, but I thought of maybe they go to the dark realm and they discover something new, maybe something new with the heartless with their development or just something just different that makes them go whoa we got to deal with this i don't know i think those would be the two major things um i'm trying to think in what ways Terra could be developed i guess it'd have to be along the same lines him just coming to terms with he's he's his life you know 10 years of his life has been spent as a puppet and now he's trying to find a way to regain himself and um, come to terms with the darkness and stuff. So I think that would be a good, I don't know how you would make it into a game though. Like, you know, your typical Kingdom Hearts game where you're going from planet to planet. I guess that would be, that would be a cool thing actually is with these characters, if you were to do a BBS too, would it be something like that where you play as these characters and they revisit the old worlds that they went that they went to years ago to see how they're go- going um maybe Terra even apologizing to some of these characters that he messed up i mean yeah it was 10 years ago but he he did do some messed up things um i think that'd be kind of cool um i guess maybe deal with the heartless because technically the keyholes were never sealed away in those games they never really needed to be because the heartless weren't a thing and they are now and while the events of one helped them not be as bad i would imagine that these worlds would still have those issues so they would have to do something else different though for it to be interesting and but i think the dealings oh one sec i someone rang the doorbell all right, I'm back. How you doing? So, um, yeah, off the top of my head, I didn't really spend too much time thinking about this type of game, but I think that would be the best way to handle it is dealing with those type of aspects. 
and kind of essentially what we got with Riku and Dream Drop Distance. You know, Dream Drop Distance was one of Riku's biggest character developments, that in uh, Chain of Memories. And I think we just need a game like that for the BBS crew, including Lorium and Elrena and them. I think they all need to come together and go about that. Um, I'm pretty much convinced that Luxord is connected to Quadratum. And I don't know. I think he probably will fit in best in four. Um, I think the spinoff to... I don't know. Like I, I want Peter Maleficent to be a prominent issue like they were before, like in one and to and two to, to a degree. But I, I really don't like how they were so such a side piece in three. And I mean, I get it, but I hope that when it, I hope when um, four comes, they become more of a threat this time around. Maybe even recruit more people. Like I would love to see, um, I would love to see Pete recruit his son PJ or CJ or whatever his name is. I, I want to see the Groove Troop. I need to see the Groove the Groove Troop in this game, man. Seriously, <laughs> why don't we have them in here? I, I need to see Max. I need to see PJ or CJ, whatever his name is. And I just can you imagine if we had Max's or not Max's? If we had uh, Pete's wife in the game and she was bad too. Oh my gosh. I'm mad we didn't get that. That would just be so great. We need more f- female characters like that in the game that aren't just, you know, nobodies or mo- nobodies of other characters. Not knocking those characters. They're great. I love Namine and Shion and, and uh, of course, the original characters like Aqua and Kyrie and uh, Larxene. But, yeah, just, just saying. And Ava and all of them. I keep. I almost forgot about that crew too. Like they're a thing as well. But yeah. <laughs> um. So I think if we were to do BBS, that would be the BBS two. I think that would be the best route to go. Um. As far as another type of spinoff game, I don't know what else we could do. Um. I would absolutely love to have the Union Cross game and Dark Road be remade so we can play it in the standard Kingdom Hearts style on a console. I don't see that really happening, but it would be so great because I I really hated the fact that there was this awesome, these two awesome stories on a game that I just don't have fun playing. And it just sucks that I always, I, I just have to only check in for just the story updates and that's it everything else is just not interesting to me excluding the character development like i said i love the character development but yeah i think i think that spinoff is definitely needed um i wouldn't be like i i feel that the training with Kyrie and aqua should start in the spinoff and then it doesn't end completely or at least or honestly i would i would i would kind of expect it to carry on throughout four because it's training, you know, it's not, it's, it's not something that you'll be able to learn overnight. I'd, I'd expect Kyrie to just be a, um, have Aqua as a mentor throughout the whole game. And by the end of four, she's like, yeah, I can do some damage. And I mean, even in Remind, she was able to, but by the end of four, I expect her to be like on a similar level to Sora and Riku, like a rival of sorts to them. Um, so I don't know what other stories can be told 
with the with uh, the way no that's I almost said the wayfinder the seesaw trio I mean I meant to say their story I feel is pretty much done there's nothing really else needed with them except for oh wait no 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 um Isa and Axel still need to find the girl that was in Hollow Bastion so I think I think the spinoff needs to handle a bunch of this stuff unless unless it's going to be handled in four I think that's another cool thing. So I think what I guess that's pretty much it. So cuz Roxas and Shion they're fine. They're they're pretty good. There's nothing else really needed with them anymore. Um Axel and Isa just they still need to find that girl. And like I said the BBS crew, the Wayfinder crew need to, you know, do their things with that. They have that they have that baggage that they still need to claim. And I hope they address that still cuz I don't think it'd be really doing their characters justice if they didn't handle that stuff. So other than that, it's just, it's the Wayfinder, it's the Seesaw Trio, and then it's the Destiny Island Trio. And of course, obviously, with the Destiny Trio, they need to find Sora. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Those are the only... Because everything else I would expect to happen in 4, which is the whole Yazora storyline with figuring out, you know, what's the deal with his world? What what, what kind of enemies are we going to expect to find in Quadratum since it's a world of unreality? Are we going to deal with a new type of enemy? Or is it going to be just a different version of the Heartless and Nobodies or what? I, I do kind of hope we go back to facing off against them. But I would love Kingdom Hearts 4 to take more of a darker tone with the Heartless and Nobodies. I mean, the Nobodies, for the most part, had a lot of really nice, solid designs. And I don't dislike the Heartless designs, honestly. But I feel like my favorite Heartless designs are the dark ones, the pure blood ones. I think those are the coolest ones. Or a lot of the bosses that you face off against, from Kurt Ziza to um, the Tangled Heartless one, um, Phantom, just all these different... There there are really awesome Heartless bosses, and a lot of the pure bloods I think would be phenomenal to have. So I those are some of my things I think would really fit in Kingdom Hearts 4. And I don't think another enemy type is needed. I think we should focus because it's it's got to deal with the darkness, right? So I think bringing back the the heartless, but bringing back more of the pure bloods, I think, is the better best way to handle this, since we're going to be closer to these pure forms of darkness than we've ever been before. And I think that's going to be the best time to bring in these pure bloods. Um, let's see, what else do we got? I think that's pretty much it. I don't really see... I'm trying to think of other things that need to be answered. Because I think with or I think Dark Rose is going to finish off his story. I don't think there's really going to be much else needed answered. Because with Zaynord, all we need to really know is why... What what what's what happened to him that turned him down that route? What did he really learn on his world tour? And was he just was he just a means to an end? I mean, obviously he was because the Master of Masters was using him to be. I think he was used as a vessel with the darkness, and I think that's why his eyes turned from 
um, silver to, was it yellow? And as we know, with Aqua, for instance, her eyes turned to yellow, but she wasn't Norded. She was just really overcome by the darkness. And we learned that that may not always be the case with people with with darkness imbued in them. As we see with a lot of the Disney villains who turned to Heartless is that their eyes didn't go that route. Um, it did when they were turned into Heartless, but, you know, that's not the thing there. And, of course, then we have Ansem and Zemnis who have orange eyes, but, yeah. So... I think let me I'm going to pause here real quick and think about some other things real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, from what we're seeing here, too, I don't think quad, I think Queen of Hearts four is going to be solely focused in Quadratum. So it makes me wonder, how is Disney going to be incorporated into four or is four going to go a route where there's going to be little to maybe even no Disney characters involved which is going to be a bummer like i i expect to see yin said i expect to see mickey um the fairly godmother i expect to see them and you know donald or goofy um but is that is that going to be it is that all we're going to see i i really hope not but it's clear that quadratum is going to be a major focus in this game and as we found out in melody of memory um riku is pretty much going there straightforward while Kyrie is going to train with Aqua. So I think with that training, I think that's probably going to be our Disney aspects. But then again, I don't know if they're really going to, tra- I think they're probably just going to train at the world of departure or world of departure. There we go. Or maybe even back with Yen Sid. I don't know. I'm trying to think how they would handle this. I th- hmm. I guess they would have to be just other Disney worlds that exist in the unreality world, right? Because we had worlds that were in the realm of sleep that were other versions, like Traverse Town was in there. We had a Tron world. So we even had a Pinocchio world. So it's like, I feel there could be familiar worlds we can see, familiar versions of these worlds we can see in the unreality world. And who knows, maybe we could just have some more Pixar worlds that are there. You never know, because what really defines the unreality dimension so i think that's gonna be a really fun element to explore but i really 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 hope that namora really battens down the hatches and makes sure to address the character development this time around and while i'm very happy with what we got you know we got a lot of closure with these characters but i think we really need to make sure that we develop them um, all the more and really make sure they feel more human. Because I, I I, mean, they did feel human, but I, it feels it, it didn't feel as human as it should have. And the best way I can explain what I mean by that is we saw a lot of things mainly from Sora's perspective. And Remind helped us see more of um, the other characters' stuff. But I want to see more. I think that's the whole point, too, of Sora being the one needing save this time around. I think I'm, not, I'm sure we're going to be playing as Sora for at least a portion of this game. I don't think he's going to be gone from this game. I think he's definitely going to be still a major player. But I'm pretty sure we're definitely going to be playing as other characters, too. My guess is I'm assuming or hoping, I should say, we're going to be playing as Kyrie. 
um, Sora and Riku mainly in the game. And I would hope Yuzora too. I, I would really love to play as Yuzora. Because, dude, playing as all the characters as we did in Remind was amazing. And I really hope that becomes a new staple in the games. Just having these awesome segments where we play as the other characters. Yes, please. Just, just shut up and take my money, please. Thank you. And I think with that... That would have to be, so, with Quadratum, I'm trying to think what else they could include. I don't know. I, I guess I'll just turn it to you guys. What would you, what would you guys like to see as far as things to be introduced into Quadratum, the, this, the world? Could there be Disney elements? Could they make it where they bring more of the darker side of Disney, Disney's lore or Pixar's lore and add it to this world? Because... What we see, it's clearly um, their own version of Shibudin. Wait, that's Naruto. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot. What is that city called in Japan? Or not that, that section of the city, that, that district? Oh, uh, shoot. Or is it Shibudin? Shibut. <sighs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Shippuden is Naruto. Shibuya. Shibuya. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yeah, I think that'll be really cool. Um, those, those are my biggest things with the game. I think I think that's going to be the best way to do it. I, I'm not sure how to incorporate Maleficent and Pete, though. I think if they're in this, they would probably have to pursue... The foretellers and mess with them. I don't see any reason for them to go after Sora and the gang because their goal is the main is the black box and the black box, as they saw at the end of, of three, is with Lushu. So I think they're gonna basically go after them for a while. I really want them to recruit people. I really want them to recruit some villains or just some other things. I think that would be really really cool to see. And I want them just more involved. I want them more involved than ever. Because Maleficent was, I think, the most involved in one. And after that, she kind of fell off. I mean, I mean, in Rude Coded, they were a little bit too. I think they were, I, I guess they were, I guess they were the most involved in Recoded. But other than that, that was pretty much it. You know, they were, they were a little bit into, I mean, Pete was in there a lot. Pete was definitely into a lot. Maleficent, not really. She took a major backseat. Pete, uh, Pete did a lot of the legwork in two. So I really want them to come back. Because I, I, I like them a lot. And I feel like this story could be the end of Maleficent's uh, arc. But then again, I don't know. Because she feels like... I mean, she's she's always after the power. She's always after the, the, the biggest thing of power. You know, the untold wisdom and power that she wanted from Kingdom Hearts. Couldn't get it. So now the next thing is the black box, et cetera, et cetera. But who knows? I mean, her her final character arc may be taken, being taken out by the darkness because maybe she becomes... My, my prediction, honestly, I kind of think she may become a new another pawn to the darkness again. And that may be her arc just being defeated by that. Would I want that necessarily? Not really, but I mean, she's a bad guy. I don't think this version of Maleficent has a redemption. I don't really think she does. Um, 
I'm thinking of the Angelina Jolie Maleficent. And I like that. I like that version. I didn't see the sequel. I, I want to see it. But I like that version of Maleficent. And ever since then, it always made me think. But but what if what if this Maleficent is redemption? It does have redemption. But I did like this um, picture I saw one day where it was it had a bunch of Disney villains, the the female, the female villains. And it said Disney um, villains or Disney female villains are Disney princesses who never got their happy ever after. And I thought, dude, that's pretty, that's pretty deep. And it made me think that made sense because when you look at this Angelina Jolie version of, um, Maleficent, that's pretty much what happened. I mean, in the first movie, she got her happy ever after. So to speak, but in two, I hear it got a lot darker and it turned her more into the Maleficent that we know of, but like I said, I didn't watch it yet, so I got to check that out. So those are some of my major things I want to see. Um, I definitely want to make sure. I think I, I definitely want to make sure that all these characters are fully realized. I think the spinoff needs to handle the side stuff of these characters dealing with their character development, making sure they come to terms with, OK, this is what we were left with at three, what we need to figure out to do next. So maybe even accomplishing that in the spinoff game, because I would hope the spinoff game comes out on consoles and not another portable release. Um, even if it's on the switch, I'm like, dude, make it a full fledged game. Um, so we don't have, so we have a full story and not saying the other games didn't, I'm just saying, make it like a full fledged kingdom arts game, you know? So that way we don't have to worry about sacrificing time or resources just because it's on a, not as powerful console. And I know the Switch isn't as powerful as the other consoles, but I mean, having a port of it would be really nice. Even if it's a little bit of a downgrade in graphics, that doesn't bother me. I just want a portable... Uh, to this day, I'm still mad that we didn't get the remasters on the Switch because I would just want to play Kingdom Hearts on my Switch. Besides Melody of Memory. <laughs> um, so that's my checklist. I know I keep saying that, but I keep going back and forth thinking, is there anything else we can add to this? Um... I guess this is the part of the podcast too where I throw it to you guys. Uh, let me know if there's anything uh, you would like to see in the future installment. Um, I know I talked to a couple of other people before about it where they were just saying, dude, we just want some more answers. <laughs> um, and obviously too, Union Cross ended with a lot of answers. So we pretty much know where a lot of characters are now, but there's still a lot of characters who we don't know where they are. Like we don't know... We don't know where the whole cast of Unchained Key went. We know where the Foretellers are now. We know where Lorium ended up with, or like Lorium and Alrena ended up in like some of the BBS homeworlds. And that's what I meant to talk about too. Is that where they lived until they became a heartless? Oh, I just realized something. So get this. So these guys ended up in those worlds, and then. They must have ended up there sometime during the BBS arc because, you know, they ended up in these worlds around the same time, most likely, that Ventus ended up there, right? And Ventus got found by Xehanort. That whole deal happened. And then... But it still makes me wonder, where were these characters at when we went through these worlds as Ventus and and Terra and them? It, it would stand to reason that with all this, you know crazy 
unversed situation going, these characters would, you know, reveal themselves. Unless maybe it happened shortly after BBS, in between that and one, when the worlds eventually fell to darkness, because technically shortly after BBS, the worlds did fall to darkness, which makes sense why, why Elrena and Lurium would eventually become Heartless and Nobodies and become the characters we now currently know them as. So, man. So much stinking lore, but I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, four. I yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. I'm gonna leave it at that. We need a. I think I I I wholeheartedly believe we definitely need a spinoff game because I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna be smart to fit all of this in a Kingdom Hearts four unless they dedicate this game to being like a Final Fantasy esque like length where. Like Final Fantasy VII, like length where they have to like, not like forty hours, more like sixty, maybe even seventy hours of story stuff to do it correctly. And I may be, oh, I may be over exaggerating here. I don't know, but I am a little worried. I am a little worried because I don't know how they're going to include Disney in this because I don't want to see the game without Disney. It wouldn't. Me personally, I don't feel the game would be a true Kingdom Hearts game without Disney. And it sucked that we didn't get that much Final Fantasy in 3. So I hope they go back to that blend that they're used to. And to make sure that they, you know, tell more original stories with their Disney worlds. So, but yeah. Uh, I would love to hear what you guys think. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. Um, I am dot I escape. And send me what you think, uh, what you would like to see in the future of these games. And if you're not on Instagram, send me an email. Um, nicklocknl at gmail.com with the subject AOK podcast and who knows if you send me um, anything like that you'll get a shout out in the next episode maybe even guest star because I would love to invite people on here and talk to you more about stuff and just have a fun time so until the wind hits our sails yet again I will see you in the next escape and until then this is AOK Radio signing off Another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating if possible, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way more people can see it, whether it's either from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in the next episode. But due to my podcasts being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries to ensure I see a rating, uh, either send me a, an email with the subject AOK Radio or messaging me on Instagram, which is i.escape.i. So my social medias, my other social medias, I should say, and other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my short story narrations, and more are linked in the show notes below. And feel free to message me with any suggestions for future episodes. And if you ever want to be featured on one as well to talk about whatever subject, Hit me up there as well. Special shout out for Emac for uh, producing the beat. Always love you. That is used as my outro and the song featured in my EP Canvas District. The intro song used is titled The Unstoppables, produced by me. A link to all those is also in the show notes. This is AOK Radio, signing off. There is always more to seek. So, Go forth and seek it.